Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversation stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and it's my pleasure to welcome today Dali and Mani. We're going to have a nice conversation about the music and the inspiration that music makes not only to enjoy life, but also to take action to improve our lives. Mtali, welcome. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Damani, welcome back. Oh, thanks. Always good to be here, Johan. Thank you so much. So here we are to talk about music because Mtali is a talented musician and composer. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about what is your mission with this most recent project that you just released. Yeah, so I'm a musician, composer, um, advocate for justice and just feeling good and positivity. I think this project was sort of me telling my own story in my own life about, you know, coming to terms with a lot of different things, growing up, blossoming into manhood, and just finding how to be grounded. So you play the saxophone yes. for this particular project. That is the instrument that you are concentrating your energies, but I'm pretty sure that you know how to play some others. Yeah, no, I mean, I play saxophone. I, I can play keys and drums a little bit. Um, I definitely use piano as my approach when I'm writing music, um, just to get the chord structures, to get the bass lines and all that sort of stuff, to get that skeleton. But saxophone, that's my, that's my instrument. That's my love. Yeah how you found your path on music. Oh, yeah. It's been a journey, um, for sure. Um, I, I guess I grew up in a musical family. My mom was a gospel choir director and a singer, and she played with a lot of different folks, a lot of different choirs. Um, and so just growing up, I always heard good music. And I think when I was nine, I was given the opportunity to go on tour with her and to actually perform with her in a gospel choir. And so that was my first time seeing the touring process and like falling in love with it. You know, we, we were staying in hotels. We went all the way from D.C. up to Maine and then witnessing firsthand the rhythm section of the band, you know, and seeing what they were able to do just off the fly, you know, really inspired me as a young kid because I was like singing is great, but also like seeing what they're able to do with these instruments really moved me. And so after that, I was like, I really want to be a musician. So that is the part where music called you. Yeah. And how music called you again to be a messenger mm. and to utilize music as a, as a vessel for social justice. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think at that time, I wasn't really thinking about all that like I'm nine years old, but I think over time, you know, I had a lot of experiences growing up, being black, um, growing up in the hood <laughs> and and being, you know, I, I had the fortunate circumstances of, of having a lot of great role models growing up. And when you live in poverty, when you live in places that are being hit by crack, by crime, by gangs, by violence, but you still have people that are navigating these spaces and reaching out to you and giving you hope. Um, so for me, I always had that. I always had love. I always had role models. I always had some sort of direction, even when I didn't realize it. And I think as you go into manhood, you know, in your teenage years, 
you start to realize that music is more than just music. Music is more than just pretty sounds, but music can be storytelling and, and, and can speak to your existence and open people's eyes up to a lot of things in this world. And, and so since I was in high school, I think I always wanted to make music, you know, with a message and whatever that meant. High school, that period where so many things can happen, so many decisions could be made. Did you have any situation or circumstances where someone tried to convince you that going through the music path was not the right choice? Oh, yeah, for sure. All the time, you know, and I think I think that you see that a lot living in the hood because art isn't seen as something that's viable. I think when you when you live in communities that have been disenfranchised and stripped of economic resources, you start to think immediate and you start to think, what can I get economic gain from what's, you know, and, and I think we're in Holyoke right now. And I, I think Holyoke's probably a great place where, you know, it looks at industrial needs and it looks at students as uh, commodities for an industrial society. And we're told that we shouldn't go down this path. That's not the path for us. The path for us is, you know, engineering or med school or whatever as like the highest option. But the arts is seen as like, this is just what you do on the side. This is, and, um, and I think you still get told that all the time. You know, you get told that in university, you get told that even now I get told that, you know, from a lot of people. I think people are starting to turn around once they've seen now the sort of doors that I've opened with my music. Um, the same people that were telling me maybe 10 years ago that this wasn't an option, even family members, you know, even best friends, even romantic partners, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, it, it was always being told to me, but you just got to you just got to block out the noise and just keep it moving. So far, what music has given you? Um, I think music has given me a voice. I think music has given me confidence. I think music has helped me through a lot of rough times in my life and and has uh, given me sanity and given me um, a spiritual foundation and, and just really helped me. And it's been therapy for me and it's and it just feels good to be able to create and to to understand, you know, you can make a project, you know, I think with this album that I just released, it's it's been so amazing to make something and to really touch people and to get these emails from people being like this album spoke to me in certain ways. This album moved me in certain ways. And I'm playing this album repeatedly. And, you know, it's like, wow, that's crazy, you know, because these are songs that I'm really into, but it's great when other people are into them. And so it's empowering for myself and it's empowering to empower other people. And like you said, music is a way of storytelling. And this album, Rites of Passage, is a story that speaks about your personal experiences, but also the learning of different stages in your life, seeing the example and the legacy from other people that influence you, not only musically, but also culturally. So tell us a little bit about the process of creating this album. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I started to make this album at the end of a really rough period. And I started to realize, you know, I had a story I wanted to tell. And maybe this is the story. And You know, right now, it was at that time, it was three years ago. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready to make my own project. I think I've, I've been playing with other people. I've been writing for other people. And I think it was just a moment where I was like, you know, I need to tell my story. And I've been telling other people's stories and I've been facilitating other people's journeys. But I, I realized it was time for me to do my own journey. And it's been a process, though. You know, it was a process when I decided that. But even since then, it's been 
three years since I initially started composing the material for this project. And it wasn't like it was nonstop, nonstop. It'd be, you know, I'd write a song and sit on something for four months and then revisit it. And so I was still living. I was still playing with other people. I was touring with other people. But it definitely was was a journey in itself. I, it was a rites of passage, just like the name of the album. And, you know, coming to a lot of different ideas spiritually um, while I was making this album, before I made this album. And sort of how can I tell that? How can I tell a story that feels applicable to everybody? I think everybody's been through dark times, whether or not some are more darker than others. But I think it's a, an album that's relatable. You don't have to be black to like the album. You don't have to be a male to like the album. You don't have to be a marginalized person to like this album or to have this album resonate with you. I think all of the themes on this album resonate with different people. And I really just wanted to tell that story and I wanted to have people feel something, you know, because I know from myself, music, playing music has been therapy, but also listening to various projects has, has, been, a, has been a form of therapy for myself. In this production, your music is, in a way, under the big umbrella of what we can call jazz music. I don't like to label music because it's, 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 <laughs> it's completely unfair. And to this point, it's just falling victim of marketing. Yeah, dichotomies. But what are the influences, the different influences that you can list on this album that are present? Yeah, I think a lot of hip hop, a lot of R&B. Definitely jazz, but I think what makes jazz jazz is it's music that's rooted in the African diaspora and it reflects the times. And so in that sense, it's clearly rooted in the African diaspora in terms of the music we're playing, but it's influenced by hip hop and R&B, which reflects right now. And so I think that's what makes this album unique was, you know, and even telling the musicians when we went into the studio, it's like, This isn't a jazz album. Don't approach this like it's jazz. You know, we're approaching it like it's R&B or hip hop. And so with that language, I think all the artists were able to get it and really approach it and, and leave the necessary space that hip hop and R&B does. Because sometimes jazz can get claustrophobic, especially when you listen to jazz records now. It's like, how can we show how much we know? You know what I'm saying? And do too much. And, and that becomes jazz's worst enemy. But with this project, it was like, nah, we're, we're just going to lay back. We're going to chill. We're going to do what we do, and we're going to play music that we love. And I think with everybody involved with this project as well, there wasn't a sense of ego. You know, it wasn't, you know, everybody on the album was like, what do we need to do to make this project be what it needs to be and tell the story that it needs to tell? Because everybody knew what that story was. So when you hear people's solos on the album, when you hear the vocalists singing, when you hear the rappers, it's all about the story and not about them. And even myself, there was parts where I was like, you know, I don't need to be here in this part. You know, and for me, it was like, I'm writing the music, I'm telling the story, but it doesn't need to be intensely sax heavy. Um, and I think that helped the project. I think that made it good. You know, you got to know when you got to shut up. <laughs> From all the pieces that make this album, and this is always a hard question to, to answer, but which one could be, if not the most relevant, but the, the most meaningful, the one that maybe has the strongest personal load of energy? Oof. Wow. Wow, you hit me with that. Um, it's hard, and I think it's hard because I think every song reinforces a song. And so I think 
maybe someday this pain will make sense. You know, it, it resembles this time where I'm in a really dark period in my life and just constantly telling myself that is like, you know, maybe we'll get out of this. But I think that song can't exist though without this too shall pass or, you know, and all these other things that are going on in my life, you know, because your life is always connected and every chapter in your life is the result of another chapter. And so I think each song, it's hard for me to honestly pick a song that stands out above other ones because I think they're all these periods in my life that were somehow tied to another period in my life. But I think that one track definitely is, you know, it, it, there's a reason why it's the middle track and it, it sort of glues everything together. Manny, thank you for being here again and bringing Natali so we can have this conversation and keep expanding this beautiful connection of music, culture, and most the most important, the joy of being together. Yes. You know, and, you know, music, like I said before, that universal language is spiritual, and that's what connects a lot of us as human beings. Um, you know, the drum is the heartbeat, you know. So it's, you know, a pleasure to be working with an artist like Metali that is really um, authentic in his vision and his music and his concepts. And it's just, uh, just a powerful album. My favorite track is Home mm. with uh, uh, vocalist Molly. Help me with her last name. Melsack. Melsack. And it's just that, that song, I mean, as well as a lot of other ones, that really hits home. vocal presence, uh, the bass line, and just the whole concept of the song. So um, it's a pleasure to be building with someone like Metal. Like I said, you know, we, we there's some similarities in terms of, you know, he, this is Metal's first album, you know, as Genuine Culture LLC. This, we're, we're brand new to the game as well. Um, we're independent, and we are, uh, we really believe in our vision in terms of edutainment, you know, education and entertainment put it together and create an experience and it's great a few months ago you had the official debut of the album uh, with a live performance but now that opportunity is happening again so all the community will have that chance to enjoy a live performance of mm. you and Tali. so tell us a little bit about that 
Yeah, we're playing at the Parlor Room April 14th. Yes. Um, doors open 7. We hit at 7.30. Um, I really encourage people to come. I think from this is our second local show that we've done, and we're just going to be doing kind of the same same show where we play the album from start to finish. And it, it's an emotional experience. Um, it's an emotional experience to listen to the album, but then to hear those sounds right in the same room. From every type of show, every type of band I've played, and this is probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had playing this music for people and seeing the response on people's faces. So I, I encourage people to come out. It's, you'll dance, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll feel things. Um, yeah, so April 14th, 7 p.m., uh, I think it's $10 advance, 12 at the door. So yeah, come through, come through. What will be the next thing to do? Because you have this album, you have now this opportunity to play, perform, and in a way, promote this work but what else is coming to your mind uh, after after this because i'm pretty sure the feedback and the after effect of releasing this this work mm. is now creating yeah, more there's more a ripple ideas. yeah yeah um yeah i think it's like it's you know making music especially this is my debut project it's like opening up a really hard jar to open And, you know, once it opens, though, everything floods out. And I think, you know, for this project, it took three years to make. But um, full disclosure, um, you know, I'm already working on my next EP, which will probably come out in about a year's time. You know, and I think it's not like we're rushing it, but it's ideas were already there as I was making this album. And the way albums work to me is you don't just put all the songs you have but you put the songs that make a story. You know, an album is a book, an album is a movie, right? And with a movie, right, you have scenes and you have a dialogue and you have characters that fit that aesthetic. And for me, there were some songs that didn't fit this aesthetic. There was a story I was telling with Rites of Passage from start to finish. It's a coming-of-age story. And not every song fits that, and not every um, character and experience can fit into that narrative. You know, it's a very, you got to narrow down and understand that. And so the next project I'm working on, I won't say what it's about, but I'm really excited about it and it feels really good, you know. And it's all written now, um, so we're, we're going to begin that production process soon. But, you know, we're just going to take our time, sit on it, and, you know, also enjoy the fruits of, you know, that Rites of Passage has sowed for us and, and still enjoy that, still tour it, still play it. You know, we got a lot of cool shows coming up and, you know, more shows are coming all the time. And so we're just riding that wave too, you know, but it's cool to ride that wave, but also to create at the same time because it, it fuels, it fuels each other, you know? So, yeah. Being here at the Plasma Media Lab studio here today, seeing this contrast between the activities that happened during the early hours of the day and now we're having this session doing the podcast, I'm thinking many youth utilize this space to experiment, to get the first exposure, to create, to make their own music. Mm. And seeing how... Some of them are getting there little by little and accomplishing their own goals, seeing that pride where they are finally getting that musical phrase or that chord or that combination of sounds that they say, this is what I want. It's 
so gratifying and, and, and it's inspiring. So what will be your message for the energy that is in here for you that is coming to learn and to explore and to create? What would you say to them? Mm. I think, one, do what feels right, you know, and, you know, the cliche phrase right now is, you know, to trust the process and understand this is a journey and what you're creating right now. You might not like it in six months from now or even a week from now, but enjoy this process of learning, you know, and understand that's the process that everyone had to go through. And no one made something perfect overnight, you know, because I know <laughs> being that age and, and the stuff I put out was not stuff that I would even want to touch right now. But it was an amazing journey. It was an amazing process. And so just really enjoy that and enjoy getting to where you are um, or where you will be. Yeah. With this album, particularly seeing all the situations we are we are living and Unfortunately, we are adding more and more as days goes by. What will you utilize as a message with this album for our community? Yeah, I think right now, um, you know, I said this and I say this all the time when people ask me that is I think right now it's a unique time to be an artist, you know, because I think right now we need art. We need hope. We need to speak truth to power. And I think art does that in a way that not a lot of things can. You know, and we can envision a world that doesn't exist through our art. You know, the world's an ugly place right now, but our art can be beautiful. Art can tell these narratives. You know, and I think we got to speak up to, to bigotry and hatred. And however that might look, you know, I think for each artist, it's going to be different. You know, we can't have every artist doing the same thing. And I think that's something I realized with this project was like, I'm a, I'm a black man living in America, and that comes with a whole host of problems. And me just telling my story is me telling my story and trying to speak to that, even if it's not explicitly stating it. But my existence in itself is political. The fact that I'm still alive right now is still political. The fact that, you know, I went through the school systems I went through and the neighborhoods I went through and I'm still alive and I'm not incarcerated is a testament to that, because I got homies who are. You know, a lot, <laughs> you know, and I, I got homies who didn't make it. And and I think that's what's always fueling me is understanding, you know, there's there's real faces for me when I think of Black Lives Matter. And not everyone can say that, you know, not everyone can say they've been through systems of oppression and seen things concretely. Um, but I think right now as artists, we just got to tell our story and people will feel the pain. People will see it and and show people that we are people. You know, I think for me being a black man. And telling my coming-of-age story, it puts a narrative on something. And hopefully someone listens to that and who's not from a narrative like that and has a better window into what we're going up against and what we experience and what it's like. And, you know, that's all we can hope for right now. Um, but I think right now, this is it. For artists, it's time for us to, to really do what we need to do. How can people get access to your music, to your work, to you, and know more about the Mtali Shaka project. Yeah, find me on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, um, YouTube, all of that. Mtali Shaka Banda. I'm the only one in the world. <laughs> um, so find me, search me. It's very accessible. Um, 
And yeah, it's free to download, all that sort of stuff, you know. So please listen, share, um, be moved by it. And most important, I guess, especially when music is being put as a product, in this case, it's a message and possibly an engager so more people can share and talk and have conversations about the stories being told. Would you enjoy having some sort of engagement from maybe community or even other artists by maybe getting some possible collaboration or creating something influenced by your work? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always down to collab. I think um, one thing for me is what I've realized is who I collab with is always strategic and not in a sense of what they're putting out, but who they are as people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've realized making music is such a vulnerable experience. And I think I had a lot of scarring experiences because I, I went into it thinking I knew somebody and they turned out to be somebody completely different. You know, and it, it's like being in a relationship, right? You know, you don't move in with somebody after a first date. You know, the first date might be great. You know, you guys might have a lot of great conversation. But then you start to realize, you know, they come with a lot of baggage and a lot of things that don't necessarily complement each other. And I think for me, you know, I've had a lot of wounded musical relationships. And so I've, at this point, you know, I'm at a place where it's like I want to collab. And, you know, I had a lot of collaborations on my album. Um, but those were collaborations where I'd known these people for a long time and known that what they will bring will be healthy. You know, I think right now I'm really trying to make music with people who are healthy, who are grounded, who are talented, but I think, you know, talent don't subsidize bad behavior, you know? And, and so I think for me, it's like, I'm always down to collab, but I'm down to collab with healthy, grounded people. Damani, how do you feel seeing and listening to Mtali getting this project done, getting these performances and seeing how this project is growing? Yeah, it's um, it's been amazing, inspiring, and just uh, powerful. I just remember maybe you know almost a year ago at this time, um, Italian and I talked about working together, and he was working on the album. So just to see Italian put the pieces together in order to create this incredible album, and now we're at the stage where this is like the second major performance of the album. So being part of that and being part of this that journey, it's just awesome. Uh, being able to work with a young brother like Metali and coincides with what we're doing with Genuine Culture, which is about bringing folks together, you know, exposing the realness in our lives through music and art. So this is the conversation we're having with Metali and Damani. And remember the opportunity to listen Rites of Passage, it will be this April 14th at the Parlor Room yes. in Northampton. All this information is available and the posting of this story, radioplasma.com. Also, you will find all the links to listen to Metali's music. Thank you so much, Johan. Radio Plasma, it's always a pleasure. You're doing some great work out here. And um, yeah, get those tickets sooner than later because we're expecting a nice crowd at the Parlor Room. Um, and you could also check out GenuineCultureLLC.com, as well as The Parlor Room, and um, Instagram and Facebook. It'll be out there. So hope to see you there. Dali, thank you so much for sharing this, this time with us here and for sharing your music. Hopefully we can uh, have you coming back soon to do a live 
maybe a live jam, something、Ooh. that could be a nice session, especially thinking about. How this could be another way to keep inspiring our youth to follow those steps and, and see how things can be done when you put that effort. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, sure. That's right. Do it for the culture. <laughs> Always. <laughs> thank you, Damani, and thank you, Mtali. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And this is our session at the Radio Plasma podcast. and This episode was recorded at the Plasma Media Lab here in the Gandora Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening. <laughs>